Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. I am super excited. I'm also your host, Michael Kernodal, and today's educator is none other than the professor, Tyler Workman, and his topic is Understanding God tones. I know this is why you're here and you've been saying, I need more help on God tones. I don't know what a God tone is. Please give me more and more insight on it. If that's your question, guess what? You're in luck. You're in the right place. And I couldn't think of anybody better to explain this than the Professor Tyler Burton. Now, before we start, if you're here live and uh, you have questions or comments, I would love if you go to that little feature, it's called chat, hit it, type your question, and then we're gonna leave some time at the end so uh, the professionals can answer them for you. And we love interaction, we love to hear from you. And don't forget, this wouldn't be possible if we didn't have such amazing sponsors that really believe in what we do. So I wanna remind you to please be sure to check out the studio archives or our past video sessions at clearwaterjazz.com education outreach session and that's brought to you by blue water wealth management at Stewart partners and duke energy don't forget as well check out the young lines podcast available wherever you stream that's brought to you by our friends at marine max clearwater just search young lines jazz master virtual sessions wherever you stream so without any further ado any further delay uh, let me tell you a little bit about this amazing educator. I mean, he's brought us so many great sessions from basic trombone fundamentals. As you know, he's an awesome trombonist. He's also talked about chord progressions, turnaround practice on the trombone. Uh, he's talked about the business of, of, of uh, just playing music and being a professional uh, musician. He's talked about developing your own personal sound. I mean, you name it. And you can always go back in the archives and check out those amazing sessions. And if you don't know who he is, Tyler Wordman is a jazz trombonist. He specializes in jazz and classical styles. Uh, he's worked here with us with Clearwater Jazz Outreach Programs. He's in the schools. He's out there preaching the gospel of jazz to the young ones and, you know, raising up some new listeners and new musicians. And he's playing all over the Tampa Bay area, not just Tampa Bay, but all over the country. You can see him on several, several stages. And uh, he's also an instructor at the music, uh, he's a music instructor at the University of Tampa, you know, where he's uh, teaching introduction to jazz and so many more things there. Uh, and if you didn't know, he's an alumni of a couple places. He has the pedigree. He's a bachelor, he has his Bachelor of Arts in Music from FSU and his Master's of Music and Jazz Studies from USF. I think that's all you may need to know about this awesome, awesome guy. But now let's hear what he has to say. So Tyler Wordman, guess what? The stage is all yours. All right. Hey, Mike, thank you again. And good morning to you. Thank you so much for a wonderful introduction, for being here. Thank you to Clearwater Jazz Holiday, our sponsors, uh, and to you guys tuning in, right? Uh, coming to catch uh, something here. So let's go ahead and talk about guide tones. You might not know what a guide tone is. Uh, as Mr. Cronoda was just saying, you might be heavily 
uh, knowledgeable about your guide towns. Uh, regardless, we're going to be dissecting um, what these principles are and how they are going to make us better improvisers. Now, before we get going on uh, dissecting some guide tones, for instance, uh, we're going to have to talk about what a guide tone is. Okay, so in chords within music, when we are soloing, right, the chords change. That's why they're called chord changes. Uh, and so as these chords change, their harmonic values change as well. Okay, what I mean by harmonic values, okay, is maybe the chord might go from a major chord to a minor chord. Okay, again, with this change, we are altering that third from a major third to a half degree flat to a flat third. Again, this creates the whole chord sound uh, of minor, this whole third lowering, okay? <clears throat> And so that is really important because we have to understand what notes are going to change within these chord changes. Because yes, there are going to be notes that will change, but there's also going to be notes that stay the same. So it's up to us to not only know our guide tones, okay, those notes that are changing into the next chord, okay, but also to know our common tones. Okay, what are some of these notes or pitches that are being held consistently uh, between chord to chord to chord? And through this understanding, okay, you as a musician will be able to sort of grasp more harmonic outlets. Okay, so you won't be necessarily uh, confined to thinking of your licks, confined to thinking of oh, I practiced uh, this transcription here, so uh, that's all I got, so I'm just going to play that because it sounds good. No, we're going to be opening up our ears to hearing these notes within the chords to then make musical decisions within the music, which is how we should be approaching the music, right? Having a preconceived line, a preconceived phrase, something like that is okay, okay? And it's good oftentimes to start out a solo but I don't believe uh, in, you know, having your entire solo sort of um, pre-done, right, before we get to it. So, you know, okay, I'm just going to come up uh, and play this, unless it's a recording session, things like that. Uh, I'm talking about on the bandstand, right? We want to be as creative as possible. We want to be making music with the other individuals that are playing with us. This is not a Jamie Abersold track, right? So we're not playing with robots or a CD. We're playing with humans. And so we need to change our approach when we do that, okay? And make the music more fun. I feel like this is another principle that's it's gotten lost, right? A lot of times students just want to get up there and solo, and it's all about me. Look what I can do. Look, look what I've practiced, this and that. And they're not communicating with the rhythm section. Well, a lot of this is due to, well, probably that student just transcribed a whole bunch of lines, a whole bunch of licks, and they're going up there and they're playing all of those things. Yes, it's, a, it's an impressive, right, act, things like that. But is it enjoyable for the whole band, right? Not, not really. And that cat probably ain't going to get called again. Uh, and that happens, okay? So we need to be coming from music from a 
holistic place instead of maybe a line uh, or lick um, starting point. Okay. And it's really easy to find those good licks. Okay. But if you're not able to understand them and make more music from that, well, then they're not going to sound uh, natural when you're playing them. And that might be why, you know, oh, I learned this Michael Brecker lick here uh, and you go to play it, but it doesn't relate to anything in front or anything behind of the music that you've already played. Okay. Probably because, well, Michael Brecker is going uh, through a whole bunch of harmonic pathways. Okay. And you probably don't understand those guide tones uh, on how he's getting there. Right. And, and how he's utilizing those harmonic values. So this is where we start. Okay. So again, the most simple thing in jazz that we sort of refer to harmonic wise is our turnaround. Okay. Five to one. Uh, usually we have a predominant in, in front of this five, making it a two, right. Into five, into one again, minor two, seven, five, seven to one. Those are our chord values. Now, if we just go to the key of C, right? Um, we have D minor seven into G seven into C major. Okay. So let's talk about some of these guide tones, okay. Between these three chords, right? A lot of these notes in between these chords, well, they're pretty much the same. Right. If we think diatonically, D Dorian is within C major. OK, so D Dorian is our second mode in C. If we play C to C in the key of C major, obviously, that is our C major scale. Now, if we go up one step and play that D to D in the key of C, we're now in D Dorian. Right. That's our second mode. And now we have some other notes to deal with okay relating to d minor we have a minor third we have a minor seventh those are intervals we do not have in major and in dominant okay so when we go to g7 we have a major third but we have a lowered seventh okay then we go to c major let's talk about thirds and sevenths again we have our major third and we have a major seventh Okay, so between each of these chords, one note changes, one note stays the same out of these third and sevenths. Now, you might be asking, why are you talking about, you know, the thirds and sevenths? Well, the thirds and sevenths of each chord are the two notes that can outline the harmony better than any other note found in that scale. The seventh and the third are going to outline the, uh, the sound, whether it's major, whether it's minor, better than any other notes, better than the root, better than the fifth, okay? Um, these third and sevenths need to be understood, okay? You have to go through and know what your thirds and sevenths are. And so for a lot of my students, uh, we have a third and sevenths practice in which we will play half notes essentially uh, for these measure to measure to measure chord changes, outlining third into seventh, third into seventh. And by doing this, again, we realize what's a common tone and what's a guide tone. 
Okay, so let me demonstrate this. So again, we are playing from D minor into G7 into C major. These are the chords. Okay, understand these are not the scales. Okay, in jazz, we have chord scale relationships, uh, which is where we have uh, representing chord, such as D Dorian, okay, um, well, excuse me, <laughs> D minor seven. Uh, and then we have a scale, which is D Dorian, that outlines that chord, okay? Um, again, so our third and sevenths of D Dorian, concert F natural, in concert C natural. Again, both of those notes are in C, but they're used differently in D minor because one is the minor third and one is the seventh, okay? So by playing third up to seventh, we have this. And that might not sound like much now, but we're gonna add to this. So now we have G7, okay? So we're up. Now to a concert C, which is the seventh of D. Uh, now we're gonna talk about guide tones, okay? So think about your third, right? Because the third of G uh, is the note we're trying to go to. Now our third outlines the harmony better than any other note, okay? And so a really easy harmonic movement to outline these chord changes when we are soloing is by playing these thirds and sevenths of each chord, demonstrating the harmonic properties of the chord. Okay, so if we go to the third, for instance, uh, and it's F natural on a D chord, we're showing that, hey, this is a minor chord by just playing you know, a few notes or one note even, rather than maybe outlining all of this other material that then gets lost. Okay, and again, keep it simple. So now with these two half notes uh, going into G7, again, it's the same principle, third into seven. Okay, so our third of G is B natural, right? I hope, hope you were there with me. That's why I gave you some time. So then we go down to our seventh, right? F natural, okay, so we have third, seventh of D minor, F up to C. Then we go down a half step, C natural to B natural, outlining that seven to third resolution and also outlining those guide tones from seven to three of our D minor to G seven. Now here's the cool part. We talked about guide tones and then we also talked about common tones. So one of these notes for our thirds and sevenths properties stays the same, right? So that value is F natural. The F natural was found in D minor at the minor third. And it was also found at G seven as the lowered seventh, flat seven. Uh, and this creates a dominant chord. Right, a dominant chord is a major chord with a flat seventh. So that seventh degree is crucial, okay? So we need to keep that common tone of F consistent all the way until, you said it, we resolve into C major, because then that's when we get that half step resolution 
those guide tones into the third in which we can hear very clear harmonic principles. Okay, so for this third and seventh exercise of a two, five, one in C major, uh, it will sound like this. Okay, I'll play it again for you. So being a trombonist, we can't necessarily play chords, right? We want to at times, um, but we have to practice with what we have. So instead of playing, we have to work with what we have, right? So those were obviously just seventh chords on a piano, but you have to understand those thirds and sevenths, okay? And so what this is, is you're outlining D minor, G7 into C major, just by playing the thirds and the sevenths. Okay, so with this exercise, it will allow you to then understand, well, that F is a common tone. I can play F over D minor, I can play F over G7, but when I get to C major, that F needs to and has to resolve some way into E, right? A half step down, which is that seven to third motion. F is great because it's the minor third of D minor. F is great because it's the seventh of G7, but F isn't great for C major. It's the four. The four does not give us any harmonic outlines of, of any sort of tail of C. So we need to get to one of those notes that do the third, the seventh, right? Even the roots, the fifths uh, are better. You really don't want to be on that four unless it's for a specific reason, okay? Whether you're going up to the five, maybe you're enclosing your three. Uh, there's a few different you know, ways to, to play it, but you want to be around these tones that give you the most uh, bang for your buck, essentially, right? Especially if we're playing uh, an instrument that can't play those chords, right? We have to play one note at a time. So we really have to be selective in the notes that we choose, okay? One way of doing this is to understand those notes that might have more value, right, than other notes. And so this is where you must understand not only your thirds and sevenths, but your guide tones from chord into chord, because then you're going to understand when to resolve that harmony into your desired right uh, chord, your major chord and your minor chord, things like that. And so from this exercise, it's very, very simple exercise. Okay. We can expand uh, upon it uh, in order to maybe practice some material that we will eventually play. Okay, uh, so I'll start simple. Okay, so 
So obviously, right, I was getting a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more in-depth with my harmonic choices, but they all stem from the understanding of what are my thirds and sevenths doing, right? When are they moving? How are they moving? Again, I'm trying to outline that third into seventh motion so that we can hear these resolutions and we don't have to wait for the piano player to play, you know, to get to that resolution because we're outlining these chords. We're not waiting uh, on anybody. We are implying harmony when it needs to be and in the correct place. Uh, and so this is really the, the ultimate goal of understanding common tones and guide tones. Okay, you have to know where they lie in the chords and when they lie in the harmony. Okay, because with bebop tunes, uh, Latin tunes, we're going to find uh, different, you know, uh, countings, right? Uh, different placements for chords. And so we might be uh, in a different place when we're playing this. So we have to go back to this basic notion of what are the thirds? What are the sevenths? What are my guide tones? What are my common tones? That way, when you create your solo, you can create uh, that improvisation from a place of creativity instead of a place of, you know, having your licks memorized, things like that. And I think that is what we are all trying to search for um, when we improvise. Uh, would you agree, Mike? I would definitely agree. Um so you're not up there wishing upon a star with you, <laughs> right? When you're trying to improv, uh, I mean, knowing that theory and those thirds and those sevens, I mean, and knowing where the actual chart is going is going to be very beneficial, a lot less stressful for you as well as a musician. I mean, but it's just going to take some time and it's not an overnight right. thing, but the more time you put in it, you're probably going to get more comfortable with it uh, and, and I always say improv is just like public speaking people are, are mm. definitely afraid of it but if you practice it and you do it more often it's going to get easier and easier and easier so that's right um so those are some great great tips i mean i love the way you broke down that theory you made it very user-friendly and um, what we do, it doesn't have to be so complicated, um, but it, it, it takes time to sit down and understand it. So, and you broke it down to us in a way that we can go back into those archives. We can pause it, press play, play along with you. And I'm glad you made, you gave us great examples, picked up your horn and showed us exactly what you're talking about. And those are the types of things that you're going to get here at uh, our sessions here with the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. You're going to get it like that every single time. So I want to remind you guys, please, please go out and share whether it's your band buddies, whether it's, um, you know, your student and you want to tell your band director about this or other um, people you play with, tell them about the great things that you're hearing here and you're experiencing. Uh, we love interaction. You know, maybe you have a topic uh, that you would like to suggest to us and we would love to hear that. Or you might want to say, hey, 
Professor Tyler Wertman, he is amazing. I want to tell you such a great job he's doing. You know what? You can email us. Email us at info at clearwaterjazz.com. And we love hearing from our listeners. Until next time, everybody, I've been your host, Michael Canoto. This has been the great Tyler Wertman, Professor. Enjoy your day and keep it swinging, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Thank you to our friends at Marine Max Clearwater for helping to present this podcast series. To learn more about the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Annual Festival tradition, other special events throughout the year, and our year-round education and outreach, please visit clearwaterjazz.com.